All right, welcome in hockey fans in the Southwest. This is Professional Hockey Southwest Weekly. Scott Scrandy joining you, not from Scottsdale, Arizona tonight, but from the beautiful, friendly confines of the Orleans Arena just outside of uh, the building at the moment. We're recording a little bit early today. Again, it's another game night here for the Henderson Silver Knights, so we're looking forward to that. I've got a very, very special guest with me, uh, somebody that I met a few years ago uh, playing at UNLV. I've got Eric Idison with me. He's now into the media world. My Swedish friend, one of my two Swedish friends, he's my favorite, though. So so if Victor's listening, uh, Victor, Eric's still my favorite. You know that. Uh, anyway, we're going to have uh, Eric on, and we're going to talk a little hockey. We're going to talk uh, Henderson Silver Knights, Vegas Golden Knights. Uh, we are also going to talk a little Swedish professional hockey, and I call it the Swedish invasion. Uh, Eric looks at me like I'm kind of crazy, but uh, when I say that, uh, there's been so many great players that have come over from Sweden and adjusted to the North American game and uh, really made a mark. Uh, of course, Oliver Ekman Larson and William Carlson, just to name a few, um, out here in the Southwest. But it's uh, it's something that that is really great for hockey because the Swedish game is is a bunch of puck moving, a bunch of skating, um, and then to adapt it here, it's really made I think the North American game a lot better. And uh, the Swedish influence is something we'll talk to Eric about, too, in just a minute. Uh, as we talk, uh, normally I would have Zach Bondurant with me. He's still working with us, doing the photography and doing uh, uh, the graphic work. But this is going to be a solo show from now on. It's going to be me and my guests. So I uh, hope you enjoy it. Still 7.30 p.m. Mountain Time. Uh, like I said, sometimes we record a little early like this and we have other things that we have to do. But uh, 7.30 p.m. Mountain Time, Professional Hockey Southwest Weekly. Of course, the Sunday show, the Tuesday show, and the Wednesday show stay put, 7.30 as well. So tune in when you can live on the Podbean app or join us uh, anywhere that you get your podcast via the download. So, okay, without further ado, let's bring on my guests and let's uh, let's talk some hockey. Let's start right out with the Golden Knights. So Eric Eidison, first of all, welcome to the show. Great to have you with. If people are wondering what we're doing, we're doing this, folks from my car. We're doing this podcast from the car, so it's going to be a lot of fun. But Eric, thanks for jumping in and uh, and, and agreeing to do this. Thank you so much for having me. It's, uh, it's exciting, and I'm excited to talk some hockey with you. You know, I'm sitting down uh, at the top of the uh, Section 118 or something like that, and all of a sudden somebody comes along and taps me on the shoulder the other night, and it's Eric Iveson. So tell us a little bit about what you're doing now post-UNLV. Yeah, so I stopped playing hockey about a year ago when I ended up my college career. And I wanted to still be in the game because I still love the game, but even if I don't play. So I uh, try to take advantage of the fact that I'm living in the U.S. now and I have this uh, good opportunity to watch the games live. So I started reaching out to some of the Swedish hockey newspapers and websites and uh, see if they wanted to have someone to report live from the games. And... I was lucky enough that uh, a couple of the newspapers in Sweden or websites uh, wanted my uh, services. So now I'm going to try to um, report from the AHL and NHL games in Vegas and a little bit of other stuff uh, in the works. So I'm really excited to be still uh, be in the game of hockey, even if I'm not playing. So. Okay, so for those that don't know, and I know the backstory because I saw you like when you first came to UNLV and... Um, Tell everybody about 
how you came from Sweden to the United States because it's a different path, right? You, you played hockey at different levels. One of the places we have a mutual friend up in Botano, North Dakota, uh, where Travis uh, Rybczynski, a good friend of mine, was your coach. You won a national championship with him. So tell us about how that transition was so our, our listeners get a good feel for what brought you to the U.S. Yeah, so it was pretty funny actually. I wasn't supposed to. I didn't really want to. I didn't really want to move to the U.S. Actually, in the first place, uh, I'm a homebody and I like Sweden a lot. So um, I didn't super want to go. But then three of my best friends from Sweden, um, they all wanted to play hockey in North America. So it was almost that I was forced to go. <laughs> so I decided to uh, use the same. Uh, uh, advising services uh, that's my friend and um they put me in san diego so we were spread out all over oh, the worst place <laughs> i know it was beautiful i love san diego that's m- one of my favorite spots in the u.s but uh yeah i played there for a year and then i uh, decided that i really liked it here in the u.s so i wanted to play college hockey and um yeah my same agent uh Met, uh, he helped me get in contact with Travis, uh, and he told me about the program and how they wanted to try to win the national championship. And uh, I decided to go. I wasn't sure about Botno. It's a really, really small town in North Dakota that I didn't know much about until I, I got there. And it was like, okay, let me break into that one because when you say small town in North Dakota, you're talking about a really small town in North Dakota, and it is a stone's throw away from the Canadian border. And it's very cold in the wintertime. And they have a great hockey program that plays great junior college hockey. So that's the backstory, folks. Now I'll let Eric continue. Yeah, as you said, it was a really, really small town. And, uh, but I'm really, I really liked it there. I'm pretty good at adapting to um, the environment. So me and Victor, one of my best friends from Sweden, uh, both went there. And we had a great time. And we, yeah, we were lucky enough to win it all. So uh, I loved it there, but um, it is a two-year college, so um, after a year, we decided to try to find somewhere we can stay uh, a little bit long-term. So uh, I went uh, with uh, Victor to um, look at UNLV during our spring break, so we thought it was perfect to... Okay, hold on again. So you went to, you went to look at UNLV on spring break, and did you go back to Bonn or did you just stay? <laughs> I wanted to stay. Yeah, I'm not gonna lie, but yeah, we did. We were here for a weekend. Um, the coach uh, Greener showed us around, and Coach Raboni showed us around town, and uh, they told us about the the vision for the program, and it sounded really cool. So, um, yeah, I decided to tag along with Victor to uh, to UNLV, <laughs> which was a good choice. I really liked it. So, so you get to UNLV, and and it's a, a start over program, right? I mean, the program had been okay; it had gone away. Then they restarted uh, everything with uh, Z-Con and Anthony Vigneri Greener and Nick Raboni, as you mentioned, and Arturo. Uh, all of those guys put their heads together and decided they were going to up this thing. And uh, I remember seeing you over at the old Ice Center uh, <laughs> and, uh, and playing there. And then all of a sudden, boom, the Golden Knights are coming to town. You're getting a new practice facility, a new home for UNLV. Talk to us a little bit about how that all came about and what was going through your head. when you, Did you think it was really going to happen, first of all? No, that's what I was going to tell you. When, when we went to this recruitment trip, we were talking to Z about the, about the vision for the program, and we didn't even know if there was actually going to be a NHL team at the time. But he was, 
he was convincing and he was telling us how they're going to get an NHL team and we're going to chair a practice facility. And we didn't really know if, what to think if it's actually, it sounded too good to be true almost. Um, but, um, but yeah, everything that he said happened. And now UNLV has a really, really good uh, program. And I think uh, they're going to just keep improving because they have a lot of good things going on for sure. Okay, so you come in and you're playing ACHA Division II after coming off of junior college and a national championship, and then you very quickly accelerate to ACHA Division I. Um, what was the difference? What did you see in those three levels? Um, yeah, it's definitely a big difference between Division II and Division One. We had a really good team in Division II because we were trying to build a team that was going to make the jump because we knew we were going to make the jump to Division One after the first year. So our team was pretty much built as the D1 team already. Um, but uh, yeah, the speed is obviously a huge difference between the top uh, Division One teams and uh, the Division Two teams that are a little bit... Um, uh, the skill level is, uh, how to say, between the top and the, the worst players is pretty big. But um, we had a really good team. Our coaches were really good at recruiting, so we... We got a lot of good players going into our Division One year um, from all over Canada and um, and the U.S. So that helped a lot. Uh, but I think the speed is the biggest thing between the the levels. You have to make your decisions a lot quicker at, at the at the higher level. And for those that don't know, you're a goaltender. So uh, obviously, coming off of the international uh, size Olympic size ice sheet to uh, North American NHL sizes and some some funky arenas, if I can, uh, in in the, the desert southwest for sure. So so tell us the difference on that, being a goaltender. How long did it take you to get adjusted to uh, angles and things like that? Yeah, as you said, it's a lot about angles for when, you're, when you're playing in net and you have to uh, uh, get used to it. It took me a while, actually. Luckily, I was. you play a lot of games at the junior level. You play three, three games there. A weekend usually so you you get a lot of game time but it's definitely hard and as you said it's mostly about angles uh i found myself uh, being way off the net sometimes because i was used to the, the european rink and uh, yeah the smaller rink in the u.s is a lot more fun for the goalie i think because uh, you get a lot of more action and they can shoot from anywhere so you always have to be on your toes um but uh, yeah it does take a while and that's what you can see even at the the AHL here I was watching yesterday, you can tell that some of the Swedish players are not used to uh, playing on the, the smaller ice, and it's going to take some time to adjust, uh, but it will get there. And I think it's more, more fun. Most I think most European players think it's more fun to play at the smaller rinks, so maybe someday they will change that in Europe too, I think. Okay, so that's a perfect lead-in. Let's take a quick break, Eric. Let's come back and, and let's talk specifically about the Vegas Golden Knights because you have a little bit of familiarity being so close to them with your locker room. You saw them practice a lot. Uh, a Swedish player or two on that roster that uh, you uh, are a little bit familiar with. So we'll take a quick break. We'll come right back and uh, we'll talk some Vegas Golden Knights hockey with Eric Iveson. We've all been there. We know what kind of gift to get someone But sometimes it can be too hard to make sure that the gift is the right size or style. So we shrug our shoulders and try to think of something else. Well, if that person is the hockey player in your life, the answer is easy. A gift certificate or a gift card to behind the mask hockey shops. 
Whether you go to any of our Three Valley locations or BehindTheMask.com, our gift cards are the perfect solution. Sports equipment, especially hockey equipment, has to feel right to the user. And the Behind the Mask gift card allows you to show the player how much you care and lets them pick out what's right for them, whether we're talking about sticks, gloves, skates, or more. Pick one up today at any of our Behind the Mask locations in Gilbert, Peoria, or Scottsdale, or at BehindTheMask.com. I can't wait to get to Las Vegas and check out the fortress. Going to see the Golden Knights? No, stopping at Jesse Ray's Barbecue for lunch. Oh, that fortress. That combination of brisket, hot links, fries, mac and cheese, surrounded by offensive ribs? I'm in. Exactly. Jesse Ray's Barbecue, located at 5611 South Valley View Boulevard, right behind the Mandalay Bay Hotel. Check out their pulled pork, smoked chicken, or the fall off the bone baby back ribs. Jesse Ray's Barbecue has been voted the best barbecue in Las Vegas two years running. So whether it's a midday meal or a pregame feast, head to Jesse Ray's Barbecue for all their award-winning tastes. All right, we're back. Professional Hockey Southwest Weekly. Scott Strandy joining you from uh, beautiful Las Vegas, Nevada, where the weather, uh, <laughs> I'm looking at the temperature right now, it's 68 degrees and sunny. It's uh, the first week, I guess, officially just past of February, but uh, February 8th, we're outside the Orleans Arena. Um, I still got Eric Eidison with me because he knows so much about Swedish hockey and professional hockey and college hockey that we talked a little bit about his buildup and uh, coming over here to the United States and playing at UNLV and Botano, North Dakota and San Diego and uh, seen a little bit of the country while he's here. But now we're going to talk some Vegas Golden Knights hockey. So we'll start kind of when the Golden Knights came in and you saw him, Eric, and then we'll talk a little bit about um, the development of the Vegas Golden Knights, even through COVID. So um, when I say Vegas Golden Knights, what's the first thing that comes to your mind? Um, I think the the packed arenas and the great atmosphere, honestly. I remember when they first came in, there were so many people uh, kind of talking talking bad about the city and saying that it's not really going to work. It's, it's the desert and all that. But uh, instead, it's like now the one of the better uh, atmospheres in the NHL, I think. And a lot of players say the same thing. So uh, that's what comes to mind. And obviously... I, a great uh, winning team that's also pretty surprising but they're playing hard and fast and uh, they can beat any team uh, so uh, yeah I'm really impressed with what they've done so far 
When I say Golden Knights, and, and you hit it right in the head, I was going to say the same thing, the atmosphere. And then uh, talk became, um, maybe it's time for an AHL franchise to be close enough. And I know Bill Foley wanted it sooner, but it took some time to, to build it and find the right opportunity. He was able to purchase a team. And then we started looking at the numbers, right? We saw all the people that it was so hard. It was one of the hardest tickets in town to get was the Vegas Golden Knights, especially after their run to the Stanley Cup final. But then the Henderson Knights come along and we think, well, are they going to get any fans? And all of a sudden, boom, all their season tickets are sold out in advance. And then COVID hits and it upsets the apple cart a little bit. But they're continuing to move on. As you see tonight, you and I will be up there as part of the press. But uh, there won't be any fans in the Orleans. And the new arena coming up in Henderson is on its way. So the Golden Knights really stirred hockey. And I know you were here on 1 October and you saw what happened to the city and how the city responded to that uh, devastating shooting. But um, what's what's the key, do you think, to keep the Golden Knights rolling the way they are? Right now they're tied for first again. I think they're 7-1-1 one, and one as we come into uh, tomorrow night's game. So what's that key, do you think? Um, I mean, one of the big things now, too, it's um, to stay healthy, obviously. Even if uh, uh, you have a good team on paper when the season starts and half your squad is going to be gone, it's going to be tough to, to uh, be good at the end of the season. So I think to stay healthy and uh, um, just be continuously improve and not just uh, uh, settle with what you have, so to speak. Uh, and I think that they have done that so far. They're doing good, and it's, that's what is so important to have two goaltenders that are really good and can play. Uh, I think that's what most teams are going to start doing, uh, especially when these short, compact seasons, when your games all the time, you have to have two... Uh, So I think that's huge. So it's really good that uh, the Knights have, I think, the two best goalies in uh, in the league. I would totally agree with you on that. And you ask any coach, general manager, and what they want to do is build their roster from the goal out. Um, obviously, Mark Andre Fleury was the guy that uh, George McPhee wanted when he built the the initial uh, original roster. Um, then they go out and they make the move for Robin Leonard. And uh, two completely different goaltenders. I made the comment last year before the playoffs started when they had their little restart when I was watching practice. I said, there couldn't be two goaltenders on different ends of the spectrum. One is big and tall and just lets the puck pretty much hit him. And then then there's Mark andre <laughs> yeah. and, and the season got rolling this year. I think Robin pushed Mark to become a better goaltender and maybe vice versa. But tell us a little bit about the goaltending styles and how important that is for success. Yeah, as you said, uh, I think Leonard has the style that most goalies in the NHL has nowadays. They're all like tall and... <laughs> and covers up a lot of the net and I love watching the smaller goalies like Fleury and uh, uh, that has to be more agile to to stay active and I was I was actually writing about that the other day that I love watching the small like players and goalies because if you're if you're a player in the NHL and you're under six feet you have to be spectacular you know you have to be either super fast or like super good with the puck or you have to have something like really special to be at the highest level and I, I love watching Fleury play because he has that he has to kind of compensate a little bit for his um he's a little bit smaller compared to, to Leonard and um I love that style of play but it's also Leonard has um has the size that he doesn't have to move as much and he has to he can make these small saves without uh, 
having to move around. And that's obviously the way to go. <laughs> that's why most uh, NHL goalies are um, are tall like that nowadays. But um, yeah, as, and as you said, I think that it is really good. I know for experience that when you have a goalie that's um, kind of you're competing every day in practice because you know that um, that's going to be the one determined factor who's playing. Yeah. And you can never take a day off because then you know that the, the other guy is going to take your spot. So I think that's really good. I know some, I know some uh, people have said that it's um, you have to have a for sure like number one. I don't think that at all. I think it's a lot better to um, have two good goalies that competes every day, and the one that's uh, hot is playing. And I think it's worked out well so far. You know, and you've seen that in your playing career, certainly that the hot goaltender is is the one that gets uh, the starts here and there, but it keeps you fresh. It keeps you going. It keeps you competing, like you said. Um, when I look at, at the Vegas Golden Knights and their goaltending situation, the first thing that came to mind, Eric, was a lot of people talked about, no, oh, they can't keep those two goaltenders. They're too expensive. They're too expensive. And uh, I think Bill Foley stepped in initially and said, um, no, we're going to keep Mark Andre for a number of reasons. Number one, he's really good. Number two, he's really good in the community. Number three, he's really good. <laughs> so, so I think they decided that they were going to uh, that that Bill Foley was going to hang on to him no matter what they could do. And you see what they're doing now. They're juggling the lineup to make the the cap numbers work, game in and game out. But I think from a shooter's perspective. Uh, it's got to be tough. How do you prepare for Mark Andre or Robin Leonard? Because they both do things differently, but they both keep the puck out. Yeah, that's true. Um, I, I was the goalie, so I'm not sure exactly how the, how the players you just prepare. Want to keep it out too. Right? <laughs> yeah, pretty much. I think I honestly think that that's another thing I'm pretty big on. That you hear sometimes coaches say that, oh, this goalie he's going to be shoot low on this guy, like low blocker that always goes in and I think that's a little overrated honestly yeah. to to prepare like that because when you're when you're playing the game and you're in front of the goal you, you're going to try to find the openings right you're not going to think oh I need to go low blocker on this guy and, and I think that's how that's the approach I think that the other teams are taking to the Golden Knights too like I don't think they're focusing too much who's in that because um when it comes down to it and when they have the puck in a good scoring position, they're going to look for openings, not uh, not thinking of the the weaknesses of the goalie, I think. But I might be wrong. I'm not the, I'm not the player. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't think you're wrong because I, I, I see exactly what you're saying. And, uh, you know, when we jump in here in just a minute to talk Henderson Silver Knights, um, the goaltenders – of the Henderson Silver Knights are very unique. Also, Logan Thompson and uh, Dylan Ferguson, one is a right catch, one is a left catch. Uh, I would think that that would also have to be an asset for your team to uh, be able to work against two goaltenders who have different catching arms, right? Yeah, we were, yeah, we were talking about that uh, yesterday, actually. And uh, I think you are right that uh, it's that is good to have uh, uh, players being used to shooting on both a lefty and a right catcher. Um, but then I don't know. I, I'm. I remember when I was playing in Sweden. Uh, I was I was only like 16, I think. But I was playing really good in a game, and uh, the game went to a shootout. And our coach decided to uh, put me out. I'm actually I was pretty good at in, in shootouts, and he decided to put me out in his um, 
argument was that he uh, he will shock the players because the other goalie was a right or a right catcher. And I don't know. I I don't believe in that stuff. I think it's I think it's honestly when when you get down there and shoot the puck, I don't think they're gonna think too much about it. But I do agree with you that it's good that the players can practice on both uh, the lefty and the righty to so they can get used to both situations. I agree with that. Okay, so the Golden Knights in their very first year get to the Stanley Cup final. Then they come back and they continually um, retool and redo their their roster to get better and better and better. They're not satisfied. They didn't win it. Um, They want to win it. Bill Foley wants to win it multiple times. So being here in Vegas and you've watched what's happened, uh, the hockey fans here initially got caught up with the golden misfits, as they were called, right? They they fell in love with that team along with uh, all the support from 1 October. But uh, as they move players in and out, I'm thinking of uh, David Perron and I'm thinking about James Neal from the first year and this and that. Um, how do you think Vegas community and fans are adapting to changing rosters in professional hockey? Um, yeah, I agree with you that uh, I think it's, it was easy to rally around that first group for a number of reasons, as you said, especially that uh, the players themselves, because they were the ones that got left left behind from all the other teams, right? So I think that was huge for them. That was the big part why they were doing so well the um, the first year. And I think, as you said, the like first October also played in. Um, it was a perfect thing for people to have the team to be happy about and and rally around. So I think that made it so um, the players that were on that team were extra close to to the community and to. Uh, to the fans um, because of that. But I think now that when new players are coming in, I think they're still going to be loved. And when they start winning games and you see what they can do, I think the fans will um, embrace those new players too. Okay, let's take another quick break and let's come back and talk Henderson Silver Knights. The reason that we're parked outside the Orleans Arena right now doing this show is because of them. So uh, I want to get your opinion on that. We'll be back in just a couple of minutes. This is Derek Stevens. Download your new sports betting app with Circus Sports. Get 24-7 access to a dynamic sports betting menu, including props, futures, cross-sport parlays, in-game wagering, and more. Sign up for the mobile wagering app at CircusSports.com. Then visit one of our downtown Las Vegas sportsbooks at the D or the Golden Gate to activate and fund your mobile wagering account. Learn more at CircusSports.com. Any good cocktail is the quality of the spirit used. And if you want to make the best margaritas, or if you just want a straight shot of the best tasting tequila, then Roger Klein's Cancion Tequila is the brand for you. Award-winning Roger Klein's Cancion Tequila has the taste you want to make perfectly blended cocktails. Whether you're celebrating an overtime game winner with friends or relaxing by the pool after a long work day. Find your bottle, be it in Arizona or elsewhere in the U.S., Visit us at MexicanMoonshine.com. Roger Klein's Cancion Tequila, award-winning taste since 2011.
UNLV Rebel Hockey, located in fabulous Las Vegas, Nevada, is proud to partner with Ice Time Hockey Southwest. As a premier ACHA Division I university, UNLV offers a unique chance to play college hockey. Experience a pro setting in Hockey Mad Las Vegas while you earn your degree in any of our over 300 majors in one of the world's destination cities. If this sounds right for you, then visit us at rebelhockey.com to get your future started today. All right, we're back. Professional Hockey Southwest Weekly presented by the beautiful D Las Vegas Hotel and Casino, downtown Las Vegas. Uh, our presenting partners of Professional Hockey Southwest Weekly, Scott Strandy, not with you from Scottsdale, Arizona today, but from just outside the Orleans Arena here in beautiful Las Vegas, Nevada. My guest, I've kept him around a little bit longer because we got more to talk about, Eric Idison, the uh, the Swedish native uh, that is uh, spent a lot of time in the U.S. now, uh, been at UNLV, been around this team at uh, in uh, the Vegas Golden Knights, and now getting a chance to experience AHL hockey with the Henderson Silver Knights. We're both here for the same reason tonight. We're both covering this game against the Ontario Reign in, uh, oh, what, just uh, about an hour or so. But, uh, Eric, I want to give you, first of all, the opportunity to talk about the community here in Vegas and Henderson and what it means to be able to not only sell out T-Mobile Arena for the Golden Knights, but now when COVID's over with potentially selling out a 6,000-seat facility for the Silver Knights. Yeah, I think it's awesome. Of course, um, people love hockey now. <laughs> from from nowhere now, people love hockey in Vegas, and obviously, a lot of I feel like a lot of people that lives now in Vegas are coming from other places that that uh, like hockey. So there's people from Michigan and Minnesota that moved in here, and now they love hockey, and now they have a team to share for. But uh, the problem is that the ticket prices are pretty high to get to see a Golden Ice game. I'm not exactly sure how much it is, but I know it's tough for a family to to go to um, a Golden Ice game. But now when we have the AHL team, I think that's a perfect complement because now we have uh, a team that still has great hockey, but you can watch at the at the lower price. So I think it's great that um, they decided to. Um, get the new team and that you can watch for um, a little bit uh, lower price, hopefully. Not as good for the UNLV team, though, That's because that's where, what we were doing before. We took the fans right. that wanted to watch hockey for cheap, but I'm sure they will find a way to to uh, have three teams in town. That was going to be a question for me, and it, obviously uh, the goal with UNLV, like every college club program is to get to the next level, which is NCAA hockey. And I think people are pushing UNLV that direction. Uh, it takes more than just pushing. It takes money. It takes success. It takes university uh, agreements, things like that, as Arizona State saw. But when I looked at the, the landscape in Vegas and I saw sellouts at, at, at uh, the Vegas Golden Knights at T-Mobile, and I see potential sellouts coming when fans are allowed in at the Orleans for the next two years and then the new Henderson facility, then I start thinking, you're right. There is still one ticket price a little bit lower that uh, people could get into. And I think the fan base is here to support UNLV hockey at NCAA level. You think that's something in the future? Um, yeah, hundred percent. I think even when we first, uh, when the Knights came, we started uh, playing at uh, their practice facility, City National uh, we sold out a lot of games too, and that was at the club level. So I think when the hockey improves even more at the NCAA Division One, 
I think that it's a really good choice for people to watch hockey. I'll for sure, I'll for sure be there if they take that step. And um, I think there's enough uh, hockey fans in town for three teams to um, have a healthy competition over over the the tickets. Yeah, I think you're right, and you've had a chance to see the the Silver Knights come along now, and a lot of people made a big uh, fuss, if you will, about the fact of, um, well, now they're close, right? So now they can interchange players, and lo and behold, the first thing that happens is a COVID situation where the Golden Knights coaches can't be on the bench, and they bring in Derek Anglin, ultimately, to be the coach, uh, but the Golden Knights uh, brought up the Silver Knights coaches to uh, to coach a game, and uh it really has worked out surprisingly well, considering the situation. Yeah, that's yeah, that's a crazy situation. I'm not, uh, I'm not sure what they would have done if they didn't have a team in town. So that was uh, that was a perfect solution to a crazy problem. But um, I think that when you uh, when you practice every day and they have the whole preseason and uh, the players know what to do for the most part, like the coaches can only do so much when it's time to to play it's up to the players to get yeah. the job done so i think it doesn't it's a little bit overrated i think who's on the bench of course it's, it's a better to have a familiar voice there that knows the system in and out but i think that when it comes down to it and it's game time i think that the the coaches uh, the ahl coaches can do as good of a job as the as the nhl coaches for at least for a few games uh, so i don't think it matters that much but it's a perfect solution <laughs> okay so i want to ask you this you saw the very first game official game that was played here at orleans um and everybody wondered what what's the henderson silver knights going to do uh to bring up the level of enthusiasm and the uh the entertainment value if you will of, of ahl hockey and i thought they did a great job i love i love the uh, the theme of the horses and the three spurs of the game instead of stars <laughs> i i like the the uh, town crier announcing the goals. I think that's pretty cool. So what were your thoughts? And, you know, it's hard to do without fans, but a lot of the players uh, of the Henderson Silver Knights uh, were pretty impressed with the way they kept the uh, energy level up in the building. Yeah, I love the way that they did that to, to try to take advantage of the the medieval uh, theme, so to speak. Uh, I thought it was super funny, and I think that the fans will love that when they, when they finally get to go to the games. Um, but yeah, I think you're right. It was a really cool experience, and I think it's hard to do it without fans. It's gonna be, it's hard to uh, envision how it's gonna be uh, when the fans can actually be there. But I think they did a great job, and I love the Orleans Arena too. It's very, beautiful. it's beautiful, and it's yeah, it's old school. It's a little worn down, but I love the atmosphere in there. And I'm, I kind of wish they even stay there for like. Uh, if that was their permanent home because it's really cool it's right by the strip and it's easy for tourists to just um, walk over almost from the from the strip hotel so um i'm i'm not exactly sure why they wanted to move to henderson but uh i do love that they uh, uh, did play along to the medieval theme and i think that fans are gonna love it so let me ask you this we talked about unlv uh, maybe making the jump to ncaa hockey and i said uh, when Henderson started building their rink and they were going to announce that they were going to play here for two years, I said, um, are they going to be a test run for a potential NCAA team 
to play here because this is a perfect NCAA building. We saw it with Minnesota and North Dakota a few years ago when they played the, the U.S. Hockey Hall of Fame game here. Uh, as a former player and a UNLV grad, um, what would you say about this becoming the home of NCAA hockey for the Rebels? I think, yeah, I think that would be amazing. I think it's the perfect arena, as you said. It's it's uh, big enough for a lot of people to, I think it's like 7,000, is yeah, that? Yeah, 7,000. Yeah, so I think it's a perfect uh, arena for people to be able to go and small enough that even if it's four or 5,000, I think it'll be a great atmosphere because yeah. to play at T-Mobile as a college team would be a little bit too big, I think. Uh, we've been, we played there a couple of times with the UNLV. And it was pretty depressing <laughs> with like 2,000 fans. But if, if we're, you were to do that at the arena like this, it would still be a great atmosphere. So I think that would be a great option for them. And I'm sure that's uh, something they're looking looking to do if when they're trying to make the jump. And you've been to this arena. You've played in this arena before. What What's uh, some of the things that, that make it fun as a player? Um, I think... Uh, as I said, like it's not it's not big enough that it feels empty if it's uh, not packed. I think that's one of the biggest things. When even when we're playing at City National and we pack it with, I'm not sure how much it takes, but it's not that many people. But when the arena is uh, filled up, it's a great atmosphere. So I think that's the good. It's a perfect size for AHL team and for a college team. I think um, it's a little special because. Uh, the puck disappears from you because <laughs> in the black seats and it's it's pretty scary when they dump the puck in and you lose it. Um, that was something that I was struggling a little bit and we possibly could see this now too at the at the HL level when there is no fans. But um, so far, so good. <laughs> okay, so that leads us into the next segment with the uh, of the Henderson Silver Knights. But what have you seen on the ice? Because I'll, I'll start up. I'll tell you what I saw. Uh, when I saw them come together, the first couple of practices I was able to attend uh, was practice one and two for them. Uh, I noticed that the, the guys were a great mix of young and veterans that I thought came together real good. I saw Patrick Brown, the captain, uh, lead the way. I saw um, guys like Reed Duke, who was the first original Golden Knight, still hasn't gotten in the Golden Knight lineup, but still playing just as hard. Then I see guys like Peyton Krebs and Jack Dugan, and I see them come along and the goaltenders. So what did you see on the ice so far from this very young start of the season for the Henderson Silver Knights? Mm, Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. I think they have a lot of interesting players and a lot of players from the ECHL it's, it's sometimes hard to to know where you're going to get from them because the level there is also um, pretty up and down the top players are really good and the 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 fourth and third liners are not as good but um so far it's looking really good i think some uh, some bad decisions and a little bit sloppy yeah. and but that's expected because it's the first game and i think it'll take them a few weeks to to really get into it, uh, like, I think Ontario could have scored a few times if Logan Thompson wasn't on his toes. Um, so you really need to clean that up, I think, um, and I'm sure they will. Um, but yeah, it's a really interesting squad, and I think they they could uh, do good things this season for sure. You know, when I saw them, and I'm sure you'll probably agree with me on this too, is they, they look like they have an air of confidence, and I, I noticed that with the Golden Knights initially is like. 
hey, we're, we're the Golden Knights. We're, we're expected to win. And the Henderson Silver Knights feel the same way. They they look like if they get down in a game, it's like, oh, no big deal. We're going to come back and do this because we are who we are. So how much has that from the top down, do you think, um, made them a good team, right? They, they see the big brother, if you will, the Golden Knights and, and their determination, and they've had a chance to be around those guys a little bit. How important do you think that is for the Henderson Silver Knights players to, to just give that persona of, we can beat anybody. Yeah, I think you're right. I think um, that is big, and I, I just, I, I do think it plays a, um, plays a role that they, they, um, they are a new team that has a good, um, they're they're a good organization, and they're, um, they know what uh, how good it can be if they do things right because they can watch the Golden Knights, and um, I think it's good that they got the first win. Yeah. Uh, to keep that swagger, so to speak, because if you start losing, it's easier. It's hard to um, to keep that swagger if you don't win the game. So I think it was huge that they won this, even if they weren't playing that great, honestly. Uh, so I think that was really important for them that they got to win the first game, and I think uh, they can build on that. Um, but I think you're right. The 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 Vegas uh, swagger will uh, <laughs> will do them good. Okay, let's take one more quick break. Let's come back because I promise we're going to talk a little Swedish hockey, the Swedish invasion, I call it, at least to the Southwest. So we'll ask Eric about that as we uh, wrap up another episode of Professional Hockey Southwest Weekly. If you live in the Valley, you know that there are no shortage of options when it comes to eating Mexican food. But if you want authentic taste combined with a fair price and relaxed atmosphere, then head to Burrito Express. From the breakfast burritos, which are served all day, to the combination plates for lunch, Burrito Express delivers that homemade taste you would expect from your own kitchen. Try all of our authentic Mexican recipes at any of our six East Valley locations, from Scottsdale to Gilbert and all points in between. ASU alumni owned and operated since 1995. Go to BurritoExpress.com and check out our menu or find a location to order for fast pickup or delivery. Hi, this is Derek Stevens. Download your new sports betting app with Circus Sports. Get 24-7 access to a dynamic sports betting menu, including props, futures, cross-sport parlays, in-game wagering, and more. Sign up for the mobile wagering app at CircusSports.com. Then visit one of our downtown Las Vegas sportsbooks at the D or the Golden Gate to activate and fund your mobile wagering account. Learn more at CircusSports.com. All right, we're back. Professional Hockey Southwest Weekly, presented by the beautiful D Las Vegas Hotel and Casino, downtown Las Vegas, the renovated downtown Las Vegas with the new Circa, Circa Hotel and Circa Stadium Swim. Uh, throw out to uh, uh, the good guy, Derek Stevens, for uh, for doing all that he does downtown Las Vegas. Scott Strandy with you again, not from Scottsdale, Arizona tonight, but from outside the beautiful Orleans Arena as we're getting close to sunset. We're getting also close to game time, so I'm not going to keep my guest much longer because he's got real work to do. He can't just talk to me all day. Uh, Eric Eidison is with me, but I did want to touch about this, what I call the Swedish invasion to the Southwest, and there are so many Swedish hockey players that are coming over. I already told you uh, in advance that um, I think it's good for the game of hockey in the NHL, the AHL, professional level, even NCAA hockey. And I just think uh, 
that those differences from the big rink and the skating style uh, are really great to see in the tight spaces of an NHL rink. Eric, your thoughts on uh, on just the Swedish invasion? I do like that uh, saying. I've embraced it, and I, I think you're right. There are a lot of really, really good players, and I think, uh, yeah, the Swedes have a really good reputation in the in the U.S. when it comes to, to hockey, and I think, uh, I know, we're nice people. We... we <laughs> We uh, get on. We're not going to be late for breakfast. We're going to be there. We're going to be quiet when the when the coach talks. And I think that, together with the really good skill and smooth skating and uh, good puck handling, I think um, you're right. That does add a, a dimension to the North American uh, teams. And I think that's what a lot of coaches and uh, GMs like. And uh, yeah, the result of that is that we do have so many good players now that. Uh, coming from Sweden and that are like key players in a lot of the teams. So that's super cool. Cool to see. Well, the second most popular Swede in Vegas behind you, of course, is, uh, is William Carlson and, and the style and the swagger that he's brought. He's adjusted really well to Vegas, hasn't he? Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's, thank you. First of all, <laughs> but, um, yeah, that's really cool. Um, what he's done. He, um, yeah, he had a really different role in the, in Columbus and even the Ducks when he played for them. And um, he almost got in, put in a in a box that he can only be a third or fourth liner. And then he comes to here to Vegas and he just uh, starts scoring from everywhere. Uh, and um, yeah, I think that's really cool. And I think a lot of players could do that too. There's so many good players in the NHL that maybe don't get the role that. Um, gives them the the opportunity to uh, grow with their full potential. I'm not, how, I'm not sure how to say it, but um, a lot of players get the wrong role and they don't might not be as good as they could be. So it's really cool to see uh, William that he has um, got the uh, respect he deserves and get to play in the power play and the first line and all in the like, big opportunities and... Um, big times in the games. And I think that's the key factor to why he's been doing so well, because he's gotten the, the right opportunities. Okay, and we talked about him scoring goals. Uh, you know the goal I'm talking about, that scored between his legs. <laughs> yeah. So uh, back in his days in Sweden, uh, was he doing that type of stuff there too? Honestly, I haven't. I didn't see him that much. It was v- Victor played with him, Victor that we talked about earlier. He was the one who played with him, and I didn't really watch him play that much. But he's in Sweden. He was scoring goals, and he was so we all knew that uh, that he had it in him. But I think, as I said before, he didn't really get the opportunity to show it until he came to Vegas. Um, but yeah, if you look at his stats from the uh, from back in the days, he was scoring uh, a lot of points. So um, he always had it in him for sure. I agree. So when you see uh, the, the guys come over from Sweden, and obviously we talk about the size of the rink, but um, growing up in Sweden, how important is developing skating skills? I know the U.S. was a little bit behind in that, but but Swedish players really are talented, no matter what position they play, at skating. Yeah, I think it's the, the bigger rinks that uh, helped with that, that you have, to, you have to be a good skater if you're going to uh, – be successful on the bigger ice because you you have to be able to move and um, there's not as much uh, north to south in Sweden. You you uh, 
you do the big swings and uh, um, the, develop the the breakups a little differently. And to be able to be able to do that and be part of that um, game style, you have to be a good skater. So I think a lot of focus was uh, when you were developing the youth players that they have to be good skaters, or else they won't they won't make it. And I think that's the we see a result now that all Swedish players are usually pretty good smooth skaters and have good puck handling ability. You know, and I, I think, the, and I'll, I'll kind of end it on this one for you because I know you got to get inside and I got to get inside. But um, uh, when I look at the Swedish play, I think a lot of time Swedish players came over here and they got the knock that they maybe didn't want to be a part of the physical play. But I think that's changed. And I look at a guy, uh, a name that escaped me earlier, uh, Victor Soderstrom, uh, who's with the Arizona Coyotes right now. And in my estimation, he should be on the roster. I don't know why he's not, because he's a terrific talent. And uh, Oliver ekman Larson, And I, I think of uh, a lot of the Swedish guys, even William Carlson and uh, Carl Ballstrom. Uh, they'll mix it up a little bit too. So that's kind of a bad rap, isn't it? Yeah, yeah that's true. I was, yeah, I said earlier that we have a good rep- repetition in, in the U.S. But but that's for uh, coming to breakfast on time. <laughs> that, exactly. <laughs> The downside, and as you said, the other side of that is that we are uh, considered to be soft. <laughs> but I think uh, I think that's a little bit. Uh, I don't think it's as true as most Americans will make it seem. I think we 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 can take the the toughness too, and I think a lot of people has to start to adapt to that because you know that if you want to play in the NHL, you have to. You have to be a little bit more physical and take the go to the dirty areas and do the that type of uh, job too. And I think most players do that. I think it's a little bit of a uh, exaggeration from from you guys's part when you when you're talking about the Swedish players. But I do know what you're saying. But I do know there's some physical play between Sweden, Norway, Finland. <laughs> I know that can be uh, not just moving the puck, but but winning some puck battles, right? Yeah, definitely. The, we're big rivals, and I think um, it's fun. It's uh, I don't know what you, you call it in the U.S., but we call it uh, um, like a sibling rivalry. So we do <laughs> we do like them deep inside, but it's fun to uh, to compete with them, and especially it's fun to beat them. Um, and so uh, I think it's um, it's good, uh, healthy, fun competition. Okay, since this is a worldwide podcast and people can hear you in Sweden, they'll be tuning in. Give us a little Swedish talk. Tell them to come over and come over to the United States and enjoy beautiful Las Vegas, Henderson, see some hockey, whatever you want to say to uh, to entice the people in Sweden in your Swedish native language. First of all, I I absolutely hate when people ask me to speak <laughs> Swedish because I get so uncomfortable. But um, <laughs> um, wait, what would you want me to say? In, invite all your Swedish friends to come to Las Vegas. Tell them what it's all about here in, in Sweden, so that in, in Swedish, so they understand when they get here that it's a good time. Mm, well, I guess I would say I think you need to come to Vegas and see how it is. Fuck, I can't even speak Swedish now. But this is the sun is so beautiful, and I think. Vegas har många underskattade sevärdheter, så se till att åka över så ska jag ge en guidad tur. 
I don't understand a lick of Swedish, but I think what you said was come to Las Vegas, make sure when you hear you stop in and see Scott from Ice Time Hockey Southwest because he will definitely show you a good time in Las Vegas. Eric Eidison, thanks so much for stepping in. Uh, what a blast. You told me coming on, you said, I'm going to be nervous, and I'm going like, no way. We're just going to talk hockey. You were fantastic. Thank you for jumping in. I'll let you get inside to the uh, the beautiful Orleans Arena, and I will see you in there in just a few minutes. Thanks again, Eric Eidison, for joining us on Professional Hockey Southwest Weekly. Thank you so much. It was fun. I'm happy to be back whenever you need me. Okay, folks, you heard it. We're going to have him back whenever he needs. Whenever we need him, we're, we're calling him. So uh, we'll be right back to wrap up another edition of Professional Hockey Southwest Weekly in two minutes. UNLV Rebel Hockey, located in fabulous Las Vegas, Nevada, is proud to partner with Ice Time Hockey Southwest. As a premier ACHA Division I university, UNLV offers a unique chance to play college hockey. Experience a pro setting in Hockey Mad Las Vegas while you earn your degree in any of our over 300 majors in one of the world's destination cities. If this sounds right for you, then visit us at rebelhockey.com to get your future started today. Hi, this is Derek Stevens. Download your new sports betting app with Circus Sports. Get 24-7 access to a dynamic sports betting menu, including props, futures, cross-sport parlays, in-game wagering, and more. Sign up for the mobile wagering app at circusports.com. Then visit one of our downtown Las Vegas sportsbooks at the D or the Golden Gate to activate and fund your mobile wagering account. Learn more at circusports.com. All right, we're back. Professional Hockey Southwest Weekly presented by the beautiful D Las Vegas Hotel and Casino. Downtown Las Vegas, the uh, only spot for fun, I'm told, but ah, that's Derek's line. Uh, <laughs> when we talk uh, fun in Las Vegas, it's all over the place. I want a big uh, shout-out. Thank you to Eric Eidison for stepping in, the uh, former UNLV goalie, the now media mogul. So, folks, keep your eyes out on him because he's going to be uh, a media mogul, not only in Sweden but here as well. Uh, we're getting ready for Henderson in uh, Ontario, uh, 5 o'clock Pacific time start right here. Also uh, in our coverage area tonight, the uh, Tucson Roadrunners will be taking on the uh, San Jose Barracuda down the uh, Tucson arena. So uh, shout out to that. And also shout out to head coach uh, Steve Potvin for the Tucson Roadrunners for getting his first career uh, AHL victory as a head coach. Just the other night in a 2-1 victory. And, of course, Manny Viveros and the guys will be looking to go 2-0 on the season against Ontario in just a few minutes. So, again, our thanks to Eric Eidison for joining us. Our thanks to the D Hotel for uh, being our presenting sponsor. And we hope you enjoy the show, Professional Hockey Southwest Weekly, with a solo host for the moment, at least. Uh, Scott Strandy, again, joining you from the Orleans Hotel. We'll say goodnight with a little Roger Klein and the Peacemakers De Niro and ask you to tune in tomorrow night for College Hockey Southwest Weekly, our NCAA show. We're looking forward to it. It's going to be another fun show as uh, the Arizona State Sun Devils uh, prepare to get back on another lengthy road trip. Of course, Denver and Colorado College and Air Force will also be in action as well. So talk to you all tomorrow night.